You are now listening to Sports and Jesus. My name is David Ferris. And we are using serious voices today for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, we're brought to you today by Audible Trial, again, and probably will be for a long time, unless you're out there and you own a business and you want to sponsor us, that'd be great. Um, you can do that also along with Audible. We'll still keep the Audible sponsorship. We will just add yours on top of the Audible. It'd be great. AudibleTrial.com slash Jesus. Go sign up for a three free 30, not three 30, a <laughs> just uh, one book not three okay. you get one yeah. okay for 30 days it's free the book for the book's free forever but the trial is free for 30 days you can go sign up it's free it helps us out it helps audible out you get a free book you get to listen to it only one free book not three free books just one that's hard to say. And say, we're off to a great start. Say three free books. We have a PayPal account. It's Sports and Jesus PayPal. If you just want to send us some money. Also, my address is... No, I'm just... That's a joke. No, I really do have an address. I do live somewhere. That's not a joke. Okay. Uh, so, it's been a few weeks since our last episode. And in those few weeks, uh, basketball on the collegiate level has ended. I know everybody's wondering who is going to Waffle House. Dun, dun, dun. Almost none of that's going in the mic. Who's going? And Garrett ruined it all. Ruined the joke. Okay. <laughs> so, it's um, Brandon Madison. Good job. Good job. Go, Brandon. Go, Brandon. Brandon, let us go. Brandon is a longtime listener. He's been with us from day one, which was just a few months ago. So, um, but he's been with us that whole time. So, Brandon Madison has lost. He gets the prize from losing the tournament challenge. Um, who did he have winning it all? There's somebody that lost the first day. Virginia. He definitely had Virginia winning the whole thing. Yep. Um, so Brandon has to go eight hours at a Waffle House, 30 minutes taken off of that eight hours for every waffle that he eats. And those waffles will hopefully be purchased by Eli because Eli got out of it and because he didn't fill out a bracket, which is sorry. Yeah. You hear that, Eli? You're paying for it all. Yeah, he oh. thought it was smart. Good try. Yeah, good try, y'all. Uh, so, March Madness was crazy, right? Crazy, crazy. It was so, madness. It was madness. Is and that why uh, they call it March Madness? That is why they call it March Madness. Also, it's wow. great alliteration. And uh, so, the Final Four. The Final Four was a couple weeks ago now. A week ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, It was kind of, like, it was a great tournament. A lot of upsets, a lot of, I mean, you had... A team like an 11 seed like Loyola Chicago in the Final Four. I mean, it was just it was great, a great tournament until you get to the actual Final Four, which has been pro, which is probably one of the more boring Final Fours that I can remember. Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, that's not a word. Would you agree with that, Garrett, or were you just enthralled by uh, Villanova blowing out everybody? 
I really enjoyed the Michigan right, versus so Loyola next, game, at least for the first half. And then when Michigan took over from then on, I was done. When Michigan took over? When Michigan took over that game, the second half of Michigan, oh, okay. Sorry. and then everything else after sure. that was done. Was gotcha. Done. Have you guys ever played the video game Fortnite? Please don't bring that up to so me. So in Fortnite, Apparently Garrett's not good at you this can game. hide in a bush, and you can just wait until the end of the game, You know, kill off a few other players, and you can win. That is what Michigan did in this tournament. They hid in the bush and just were quiet, Snuck into the final four and then just that he couldn't hold up. That's that's what I do. I'm terrible. All right, so um, yeah, that's great analysis from Joy there. Um, I've never played the game, so I don't I don't understand, but I'm just picturing um, Wagner in a bush playing basketball. That's it. Okay. Um, so what was exciting though was the women's. Final Four. Did y'all see the women's Final Four? I mean, we had... Okay, if you didn't see the women's Final Four... Sorry, Joy, interrupted you. This is what happened was... You had in the the two Final Four games, both went into overtime, which was crazy. And Notre Dame beat UConn, who hadn't lost a game all year, beat them on a buzzer beater. The buzzer beater was made by... Arike Agunbuele. Yep. We're like 40% sure that's how you say it. <laughs> um, so she hit a buzzer beater to beat UConn. And then Mississippi State beat who Mississippi State? Louisville? Well, I think it was Louisville. And so it was Mississippi State and Notre Dame in the national championship game. And guess who hits another buzzer beater to win? Arike Agunbuele. This girl hit two buzzer beaters. Two games in a row to win the national championship for Notre Dame. To beat the two best teams in the NCAA that year, she hit two buzzer beaters to take home the championship. So, And that second buzzer beater was crazy. I mean, she shot it from the corner while she was falling out of bounds. I, I lost it when it happened. I mean, it was, it was insane. So here's my question for you. Is she more clutch? Was her buzzer beater, was it more clutch? Then two years ago, when the buzzer beater when Villanova beat North Carolina, which was more clutch, most clutchest. I think it has to be hers because I just gave her the middle name of Arike Clutch Agenbuele. Whoa! Start calling her Clutch. That's her new name, Clutch, Miss Clutch. I would definitely agree with Joy, and uh, I don't have a middle name to. Her, so I'll just stick with Joy's. Well, I agree with y'all also, so this wasn't a really good debate because we're all on the same page here. So, um, but when I when I think what, of clutch, what shots, makes it more clutch? Let me ask that question. I think it's the fact that that was the only second three pointer that they made the entire game, and she was falling out of bounds, a hand probably an inch from the basketball. And she just barely got it over him, falling out of bounds. Done. Yeah, I think it was also clutch. Like, the two teams she beat with the buzzer beaters also made. I mean, these are two, like, historically great women's basketball teams. I mean, you, like, going into the tournament, like, you thought, who are the two teams to beat? 
UConn and Mississippi State, and she beat them both with buzzer beaters. I, I know Villanova beat North Carolina was big, but I would almost say, like, the shot that – what's the guy's name for North Carolina? The shot that he hit before the buzzer beater was almost just as clutch, not as, because it didn't win in the game, but she thought it won in the game. It was real clutch, and it was crazy. What's the greatest clutch shot that you remember? Oh, boy. Yeah, Christian Leitner, game over. No, All right. no. So no, um, let's no. move on to the next. No. What about Ray Allen in game six of That's that? That's a clutch Ooh. shot. That's more clutch. I would say Lightner. my my most clutch though was Jordan. This when is he, I mean, speaking. Jordan hung in the air for look what looked like to be five seconds and pulled off a jump shot that was I had never seen anything. Yeah, like, it pulled off a really easy jump shot from the free throw line. Uh huh. Yeah, more clutch than Ray Allen. Good one, Garrett. Good one, Garrett. I challenge you to replicate that with no one guarding you. Okay, I challenge you to replicate Christian Leitner with. No People one guarding, guarding me. you. Yeah. So are, are we seeing Villanova? Like, is that the new Winner. style of like? Because they're they're the warriors of college basketball. Like the way they the way they shoot, the weather style. Is that the new? Yeah, it's, basketball? it seems like basketball in general has finally figured out that hey, there's a shot out here that's worth. 50% more than the other shots out here. <laughs> Maybe if we shot a bunch of these, it'll make us have more points. And maybe if we got a bunch of people that are good at this shot, it will make us have more points. And add someone on our team that hates their family and does not love Jesus, but acts like they do. I really don't know that much attention. about Villanova. I mean... I don't know how you know those guys well, so well. They've won two finals in the past three years. They've they're doing something right or wrong, depending well, on. Well, apparently, according to you, they hate their family. Oh, definitely. Steph Curry does. <laughs> we are still taking in anyone who has proof of that statement. So, uh, speaking of Steph Curry, let's move on to the the NBA. The playoffs have started. Um, for us, we're recording this on Sunday. They started yesterday. Right now, the Bucks and the Celtics are in overtime. Um, the Greek uh, nope. freak, how Celtics do you say his won. name? Celtics, Celtics won. won. How do you say his name? Giannis Antetokounmpo. Ooh, that's nice. That was clutch. All right, here's what we're going to do for all you Sports and Jesus listeners. We're going to take that joy, pronouncing that word so perfectly, that name so perfectly, where Garrett is going to cut it and make it as a ringtone, and we're going to sell it to you for $6. For every time it rings, it's six dollars. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be great, guys. Everybody will love you for Celtics it. Celtics one. Paces are up by twelve on the Cavs. Ooh, it's over for LeBron right now. I'm predicting it. It's over. So is this this year's playoffs, do you think they're they're more intriguing than last year's playoffs? Are you more excited this year? Because it just feels like last year it was just like we knew going into it, all right, it's the Warriors versus Cavs. I mean, the Warriors didn't even lose a game until the championship series, and the Cavs only lost one. So, I mean, it was just like, like why, are, why are the other guys even playing? I, I don't feel like that this year. Um, what do y'all think? I'm, I'm, a, I'm excited about it because the Rocker... <clears throat> the Rockers? <laughs> the Rockets have said... <laughs> 
the NBA record. Just, they seem I just like, pictured like Chris Paul, like dressed up as an old person in a rocker. <laughs> We're coming for you, LeBron. I pictured I was That's my old person impersonation. I had John Rocker's face in my head. <laughs> the picture for the Braves? <laughs> the closer for the Braves who uh, got, yeah, we're not going to talk about why he's no longer playing basketball. Anyway. He didn't play basketball. <laughs> you don't know that. Anyway, okay, so Rockets, what were you saying about the Rockers? I think the, <laughs> the Rockets have, they're playing better style, warrior style basketball than the Warriors are right now. Yeah, because Steph is hurt. I really wanted to clap there, but that would have been really mean. So I'm just going to say that I wanted to do it, but not actually do it. It makes it better, right? Hey, guys. I want to show you, like, this is about to blow your mind, all right? All right, y'all ready for this while we're talking NBA? Is it Chris Paul in a rocking chair? Yes. No. Okay. If people are saying that there's a chance that LeBron and Paul George go to Houston this offseason, right? Nah. Okay, okay, just, no, no, just think about this, if this happened. Okay, so you've got LeBron James, Paul George, Chris Paul, and James Harden, all on the same basketball team, right? Okay, okay, this is, I, I know it's probably not going to happen, this is where I'm going with that. If you take those guys' first names, just their first names in order, you'd have Chris Paul and LeBron James. Because you'd have... Chris Paul, Paul George, LeBron James, James. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. If you took their last names, you'd have Paul George and James Harden. I am instantly depressed. (laughs) Oh, which brings us to our Jesus um, episode on depression today. And no, I'm just kidding. That's not what we're talking about today. Dude, we're not. We're still never trust a man with two first names. <laughs> Apparently, they all have two first yeah. names. So you just don't trust that team. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> but back to the playoffs. Um, man, I think I think almost every matchup in this first round is exciting. I mean, I'm excited about the 76ers and the Heat. Um, I'm excited about the Bucks and the Celtics. I'm excited about. The Cavs and the Pacers. I'm excited. I mean, I think the um, the Warriors and the Spurs bring some excitement with Steph Curry being out. I mean, I still think the Warriors are going to deal with them. I think. Um, I mean, even last night you had in Game One, you had the Pelicans upset the Trailblazers. What are the other matchups? What are the who are the Rockets playing? The Rockets are playing. The I wrote all these down. Timberwolves. Timberwolves. That's that's exciting. Thunder and Jazz. That's exciting. I mean, every matchup is exciting. I think I said them all. Raptors, yeah, it looks like Raptors just... and the Wizards. Ooh, that was that was a good game last night. And of course, the Celtics and Bucks just went into overtime. So, yeah. which and, and they better be playing because next year we all know the Grizzlies are going to take it. They're going to draft Marvin Bagley, and then championships going to hashtag Grind City. Going to draft Marvin Bagley and still not make the playoffs. Yes. Because we'll have Mike Conley back, and that's what we're missing. <laughs> um, so I, I I read something interesting, and that is Draymond Green. Did you really read this? Yes. Draymond Green says that they are underdogs 
and that they're going to show everyone what they're capable of. Draymond Green's an idiot, but... uh, How can you be the favorite to win and play the underdog card? Apparently he's planning on kicking somebody somewhere to make them underdogs. In the face? Yep, in the face. Garrett, you look like you want to say something. You look like you want to say a lot, but I feel like you keep wanting to say something, and you're like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. No, because it's I'm not trying as good to be respectful and let people so, finish what they're saying before I interject as into you the conversation. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. Go <clears throat> ahead. But, like, I mean, like, just being So, moving honest, on to baseball. Just being um, what honest. Who, who is picking anybody other than the Warriors or the Rockets to come out of the West? And then who is Joe picking man. anybody to beat the Rockets or the Warriors <laughs> when they come out of the West. Who in the East is going to beat either one of those teams? That's my thing is, do you, you know. Okay, do you pick Do you pick the Warriors to come out of the West if Steph Curry isn't, like if he if his if his ankle just keeps bothering him and he just can't go? Do you, and the Rockets just lost Mbamute, which is very integral to how they play. I think if the um, Warriors play to their full potential, nobody can beat them. I think. Okay, that, but that's what I I'm think saying. if they don't. What I just said would lay out if they're not playing to right, their full I potential. I think that the Rockets definitely can beat them. Even without Mbamute? Yes, Mute. James Harden is okay, that good. What happens if James Harden gets hurt? Then they have no chance. Okay, who you got coming out? If if J- if James Harden and the Rockets if it's don't not beat the Warriors, them, who's who? You no, got? I'm saying it's between the two. Okay, the Rockets Nick, are the only team that can. If something happens to Harden, the Warriors are going to sweep everybody. I don't care. Okay, how many and Kevin Durant breaks three of his arms. How many people who, are you going to have getting involved in a car wreck before this happens? Because, that would make two, which is <laughs> no, and then James could be Harden in the car is, together. James okay. Harden will be three because you already Steph said Curry's Steph. already hurt, but Steph. I feel Garrett, like Steph who do you have other than the Warriors and the nobody. Rockets? Who would come out nobody. if those two teams don't? If those two teams can't, I would pick the Timberwolves. Okay, just no other team would. You That's pick the, the only. You pick the I eight think seed. the chance is so small. You pick the eight seed. That's the only other team that I feel you like think the could, Timberwolves are better than the other teams. Are the Jazz? The Jazz. Jazz are playing great. Mm-hmm. Great defense. Best defense in the NBA. Maybe OKC. Mm. Trailblazers. What about Portland? Mm-mm. I don't think Portland's gonna get past New Orleans. But then, but just I'm just being serious with the way they're playing now. If 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 the Warriors are playing at their full potential, who in the East can beat them? And if the Rockets are playing at their full potential, who in the East could beat them? Yeah, and it's just but always right now. Neither one of those teams are playing at their full potential. Is why it makes it so interesting. And then in the East. Who do you think in the East has the best shot? Strictly because of LeBron, I would say the Cavs with Boston second. Boston's got Kyrie's out. I mean, that's... I tell you, the team that looks the best in the East right now, and I think even with LeBron playing, that has the best chance, is the 76ers. Garrett is drinking water and shaking his head for those of you that are not watching this live. It's still hard to doubt Le- It's hard to doubt LeBron will get out of the East every year. It's this hard is, for me to doubt that. This is really fun to do. It's really easy to get Garrett riled up and then he just completely forgets that we're in a podcast. So he's not anywhere close to the microphone. He keeps shaking his head 
and drinking water. Right, is, in, he leans up into the microphone to drink his water, it is and then almost, leans back to talk. It is almost impossible for me to think that LeBron won't come out of the right. East almost every Garrett, year. We're just messing with you. But even get, if he does okay, come Garrett, out of the East, he can't Garrett, beat either one of those two teams. Garrett, he has no Garrett, chance. Garrett, we agree with you. It's we're just messing with you. The NBA you don't have to keep arguing about garbage. it, Garrett. We got to move on to your favorite sport. Baseball. It is baseball time. We're heading towards summer, and it is the America's pastime. Stop popping your water bottle, Garrett. It's so loud and distracting, and we are recording a podcast. Two dollars. Two dollars every time you pop that water bottle. (laughs) So, how much do you guys watch baseball? See, out of 162 games, probably 30. Okay. But okay. I keep ESPN alerts. I get alerts for every Atlanta Brave game. Every Okay, okay. That's, that's my next question. Yeah. You're a Braves fan? Yeah. How many players on the Braves right now could you name? Freddie Freeman? Yeah. Does he still play for the Braves? Yeah. Know. Yeah, he does. And that's all. <laughs> Dansby Swanson. Yeah, yeah. We got Garrett. How much games do you? How many games do you watch? I get an alert when the season's over, and that's primarily when I start watching. All right, uh, Garrett's out of this discussion. Um, <laughs> I'm about like you, Joy. Like I will. I'm I'm a Yankees fan, right? So if if I'm like two dollars, just stop drinking, Garrett. You don't need that much water. Like you have the loudest water bottle in the history of water bottles. So you're a Yankees fan, but I've I've seen you wear a Cardinals hat. Yeah, I like the Cardinals too. Um, usually, whichever of those two teams is better is who I, I pull for each year. Um, so, like if I so this year with the Yankees having uh, the Judge and um, what's the guy's name? John Carlos Stanton. Yeah, the one that was face had exploded. Strike strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, those two strikeout kings. Um, like if I'm if I'm not doing anything, and they're on ESPN, I'll watch a game. Um, I'll occasionally, probably, once every other week or so, check the standings. Come playoff time, I will probably make time to watch those games. Um, so that's kind of – would you say we're probably about in the same place baseball-wise? I'd say so. Yeah. I love the play. I, baseball and basketball are the best playoffs Yeah. systems. Yeah, I, I like um, – so I watch Garrett baseball. Is shaking it's, his head again. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. For those, for all of you again that are not watching, which is everybody. Um, <laughs> but we have something really exciting this year in baseball. We have a player who is doing something that has not been done since Babe Ruth. He is a. This is his first year in the MLB. He is a great pitcher so far. Has won every game he started. And not only can he pitch, but he can hit, too. What's his name? Shohei Otani. Thank you, Joy. Your voice changed a little bit. Um, so, he he is DHing on the days that he's not pitching. Yep, that's his name. Thanks again, Joy. Thanks for that, Joy. Um, he is... <laughs> Every other name I've pronounced has been so much harder to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
His his name is just it's hard to read his name and figure out that's what it's supposed to say. Shohei Otani. Yeah. So he's D A. I didn't touch it. <laughs> I did it on its own. Ah. <laughs> uh. We are brought to you today by Garrett's Water Bottle, who apparently <laughs> wants to do everything it can to be on this podcast. Stop! Stop! You don't need any more water, Garrett. So, um, <laughs> he's DHing on the days that he's not pitching and is doing a great job. I mean, he's hit multiple home runs. I think I saw he is, um, his slugging percentage is like 600 points higher than the slugging percentage is against him pitching. That's insane. He's very exciting to watch. He is. I actually haven't watched him yet. I've just, I've just seen the highlights. <laughs> I was about to ask you, do you, does he make you want to tune in to watch him play? I could, Apparently not. But I feel like if I was looking on ESPN and I saw the Angels playing, I would like click on that to see if I could see him play. But I haven't done that yet. <laughs> so, that's what's going on in sports. Um, I just headbutted the microphone accidentally. So, that was fun. Um, so, $2. we're going to now move into into our the Jesus portion of this podcast. Garrett, uh, drop that beat. Everything about God to me is mind-blowing. I'm on that theology to keep my mind going. Shade tree theologian, I ain't wearing suits. Sporting tattoos while I'm cruising through the institutes. John Calvin, that's moving. You might even catch me reading Wayne Gruden. Sound doctrine, that's what it's got to be. Like that white cleft dictionary of theology. But nothing trumps the word, call it the Holy Bible. It is central and necessary for our survival. Does not have a rival, moving is not idle. If you preach it, then you liable to have revival. And that's what we need in our local churches. It's either dry as a bone or something like a circus. But it has been purchased so we can commandeer it. Lord Jesus, revive us with your Holy Spirit. So, if uh, you want to see the dancing that goes on during that part of the show while we listen to that beat that you just listened to, um, I'm pretty sure Joy will be posting a video of that because I think he took a video just then. Is that correct? That is correct, but you can't see your face because I didn't hold up the camera high enough. So. Oh, awesome. So, you just see my torso. We are so gritty. Grid? Grod? Grid? <laughs> Hey, we Hashtag need a, Grind City. We need a cameraman, by the way. So, so or, good at social media. Yeah. Or we need a social media engineer. Yeah, I gave uh, Garrett the login for our Twitter, hoping that he would do something, and he hasn't done anything. It's been three weeks, I think. I completely forgot that you <laughs> All right, so today we want to talk about, I just had by the microphone. Again, I'm really having bad problems $2. with my depth perception today. Um, we, <laughs> we're talking about racial reconciliation, not Rachel reconciliation, but racial, like race, not like we want to reconcile with a person named Rachel, but like the races. Who is Rachel? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, Rachel um, reconciliation. All right. Serious time, guys. Serious time. Put your serious face on. Serious. All right. I'm going serious. to my serious voice. You serious, well. You serious? 
Okay, get serious. Why was your brace slid in your mouth? You're serious. It needed to be tightened. Get serious. Okay, we're serious, guys. Okay, racial reconciliation, I would say, is um, an issue that is really close to our hearts. Um, I know it's something that me and Joy and I have spent hours and hours um, discussing, discussing the importance of it, what it would look like. Um, and when we say racial reconciliation or racial diversity, we today we want to talk specifically what the Bible has to say about it and racial reconciliation within the church, within the church as a whole and within our local churches. Um, and, and I know we, we're a podcast that we have quite a few downloads each episode from places like Japan and the UK and um, Germany and places like that. So if you're listening to us and you're from one of those areas, I don't know what the church looks like there. Um, I don't know if it's as big of an issue there as it is here, but it's it's a big issue here in, in America. I know it's also, um, I get to do a lot of work in Ukraine and the, the, the city that we do some some church planning work in in Ukraine, it is a, a heavy issue there. If I had to guess, I bet it's a, a big issue everywhere. Um, so we wanted, this is kind of our, just our foundational episode, racial reconciliation and racial diversity and even the racial issues as a whole is probably going to be something that we frequently come back to um, and that we build upon what we what we talk about, because like I said, it's something that's important to us. Um, we think it is, it is at its core a gospel issue, and that's why we think it's important. That's why it is important to us, and we think it. if you're a Christian listening to this, I think I put an extra I in and listening, listening in. Um, it should be $2. important to you also. Um, so the reason we wanted to do... This episode now, and there are time and reasons, reasons, reasons to it. Um, last week was the 50-year anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr. being assassinated in Memphis. Um, there was a conference that happened in Memphis called the MLK 50 Conference. That the whole conference was on this issue. It was a very diverse group of speakers um and and that spoke on this issues from different different viewpoints and why this is important um so that's kind of why we wanted to do it now um was because of just it's a it's something that you if you're plugged into kind of the the church world in America it's something that's kind of a a hot button issue right now um there's two sides of it there's m multiple different sides of it but um like i said today we just kind of want to talk about like what is what does the bible have to say so why does the church need racial reconciliation um guys what are just some like just right off the top of your head like what are some things that you think of, of like why not not necessarily biblically we'll get there but why does why does the church need this well i think I think you've said it before that within a church, Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. Yeah. And 
Sorry, I was trying to avoid a, avoid a fine there. But I think it's, there's just so many issues, and especially now and today with stuff that we won't get into today, but I think it's just very important to realize that because it is segregated, that we need, those are brothers and sisters that will be, they're a part of the church in our area, they're part of the church universally, and the people that we'll worship with for the rest of our lives, so I think it's a very important issue. Yeah, I think especially in, um, if you don't know, this is your first time listening, we're we're based out of North Alabama, um, the Florence area. I think especially around here, and I'll say the South as a whole, um, I know I, I've lived in some places in Mississippi, and Garrett has as well. Um, it, the, and, and I get to kind of speak in some, some, ch- some different churches and stuff, and I would say that's definitely an accurate statement. Sunday mornings are the most segregated time of the week around here. You have your um, predominantly African-American churches, your predominantly white churches, you have Hispanic churches, you have, um, and there are, I know in in our area, there are very few that do not have a vast majority of one race. Um, We, I think I want to just throw out right now um, when we when we think of a racially diverse church, I think typically what I've read and what I've seen is we're looking for there's not one race or one group that makes up more than seventy percent. Is is what is what we're when we're saying a church is racially diverse when we say it's there's no more than seventy percent of one um, one group is what we mean by that. Now, having said that, we understand like there are some areas where this just isn't possible. There are some areas in America where this just isn't possible. Like we, we follow a podcast um, called Doctrine and Devotion, and those guys have pastor a church up in Illinois, and the city that they pastor in, the city is like 98% white. You're not going to be racially diverse in that city. Um, that's just not going to happen. And that's, that's fine. Like <laughs> um, you typically want your church to reflect the community and the city that it's in. Um, and I think that's what we mean when a church is not racially diverse is when a church is in a city that is, and the church is not, then there's, there's typically a, a problem with either evangelistic tactics or something like that. Um, so, that's just some of the reasons we need, um, as Joy threw out, you know, Sunday mornings are the most segregated time. Um, we believe that heaven will be diverse. It seems to be clear in Scripture that there will be people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation in heaven. Heaven is going to be super diverse, as diverse as diverse can be, is going to be heaven. I mean, every people group will be represented in heaven. Um, and also we believe the church as a whole is diverse, that we right now have brothers and sisters of multiple nations and ethnicities and races. And um, so we just think it's important to, re- to reflect that. Um, the, I want to dive into Ephesians. We usually just read a verse here or there. It's going to be a little bit bigger of a section. Um, and, and I think this is just kind of our foundational section of, of what we want to talk about. 
today and in the future. But um, Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 11, and, I, and I'm going to read through verse 22. So um, if you're listening to this on podcast, if I lose you, you can always rewind. So, or you can just skip ahead. Yeah, or you can skip ahead if you already have the Bible memorized like Garrett does. I actually already know what you're about to say, so I'm already... I could tell because you have the Bible to, memorized, right? Yeah, but I also know what you're going to go to in the Bible, like I already knew before. Because we have it all written on a a sheet that we all look through as we work through our podcast. You know, it's hard for me to okay. make good jokes. Um, verse eleven. <laughs> verse eleven. <laughs> Therefore, remember, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are built together into a dwelling place for God. By the Spirit. So, basically, the gist of that is that in Christ, through Christ's death, we are one. Um, it's specifically referring to there um, the, the differences between a Jew and a Gentile, a Gentile being anyone that's not a Jew. Um, but he refers to a dividing wall there. In the temple in Jerusalem, there were different courtyards and different layers to the temple that you could go into. And so if you're a Gentile or if you're not born a Jew or if you're not racially or ethnically a Jew, which would be all of us in this room and probably most of you listening to us, you could only go as far as the outermost courtyard into the temple. Um, through that dividing wall, only Jews could go through. And so what he's saying and what he's referring to in this verse, that he's writing to Gentiles about their being a part of the promises in God through Christ, he's saying Jesus' death on the cross tore down that dividing wall, that there is no longer in Christ no racial or ethnic dividing wall that keeps those in Christ separated, that those in Christ are all one. Um, so what does that mean for us? And this is, I think we would all agree with this, but this is really hard to truly deep down believe. This means that I 
have more in common with an I have more in common with an Arab Iranian Christian than I do with someone that lives next door to me that is the same race as me that is the same that has all the same interests as me I have more in common and more allegiance to a Christian that the only thing we have in common with is Jesus that's what that means and that's <laughs> that's hard for us to truly believe that why is that hard for us to truly believe that because we are naturally in our sin nature in our um in our depravity we are drawn towards the mirror or we are drawn towards people that look and act like us and have the same interests that we do and so we have to we have to fight that i mean that's something that you have to actively fight against that being drawn to people like you y'all have something to add to that you just gonna shake your I head think it's a great, like, <clears throat> i think it's a great point i mean i think it's i mean <laughs> it's when you're brought into christ family i mean it's because of Christ. It's not because of anything of you. And it's no longer like you get to look at anyone else and be like, well, this person is different than you within the family of Christ. Within the family of Christ, you're blood-bought, grace-given, redeemed children. And that is that is now your identity. And I just think that's a great point that like somebody who is in a complete different culture setting all the way across the world of a complete different race in our eyes, even though we're still not understanding that God created all of us, that that person's faith in Christ and our faith in Christ make us closer in unit with them than quote-unquote people of our own race that are not. And I, just, I think that's a great point. And I'll, uh, I'll say, as I've been on a few trips to Peru and worship with some saints in the mountains of Peru and you've been to Ukraine and one of the coolest experiences that I can say I've ever had in my life is being in one of those worship services worshiping singing hymns and praises and just worshiping with saints while they're speaking a different language they look nothing like me is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had throughout my Christian life yeah and knowing like, hey, this is a different, like you said, different language. They look different. The music that we're worshiping with is completely different. The <laughs> preaching style is different. The churches look different. Like, everything is different. But the God they're singing to is the same God that I'm singing to. Yeah. Is the same God that my friends back in America are singing to is the same. Like, to know... To understand that, to understand that even on Sunday mornings as you're sitting there and you're worshiping God and you're to know that there are believers and saints all over the world that are worshiping the same God that you're singing to or singing to the same God that you're singing to, even though it's completely different, it's the same. I mean, that's that's beautiful. The experience it is just life changing. It changes your worldview. It changes your outlook on racial reconciliation. Mm hmm. Um, Joy, if you want to be looking up that Galatians three twenty eight verse, um, and here's 
getting at that, here's the beautiful thing about what Joy just mentioned is I think sometimes we can tend to in the church when we talk about racial reconciliation, we tend to just think, especially sometimes those of us that are of a majority culture, um, we think that the way we do church or the way we've always done church or the way we understand church to be done is the best way to do it. Um, you see a lot of this in in the way missions um, sometimes can be done. I think uh, somebody just got an ESPN update. And um, <laughs> the way, like, so a lot of times, um, like I've heard examples of, of American missionaries, they come in and they try to help a foreign church plant in Africa. And they come in and they try to teach them Hillsong songs and passion songs. And it, and it just doesn't work. Like one beautiful thing about racial reconciliation is, and that one thing that we're going to get to is like, you can be different and still worship the same God and still celebrate that. Like that, our differences, the differences that God made us with and our different cultures is something to be celebrated. Yes, we are one in Christ, but we look and we look different. We have different experiences. We have different languages. We have different, like, and God, it's all in his image. Like, his image is not just one race. Like, all the races, all of man, all of mankind is his image. And that's something to be celebrated. Um, Joy, if you want to read that verse in Galatians. Yep. Well, this is Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Um, then I'm going to also read Colossians 3, um, verses, verse 11. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Um, Popper, John Popper, had he was one of the speakers at that MLK conference, and that was kind of... That Colossians verse was the verse that he was basing his talk on. And the point, he, oh, it was beautiful. You need to go back. You can go to the Gospel Coalition. They've got all the, um, if you go to Gospel Coalition, go to media and conferences. They've got all the um, the talks from the MLK 50 conference that you can listen to. And, and he's talking through this verse, and he says, yes, like we are all in Christ. We are all one in Christ. We are all like our allegiances to each other in Christ. But if you look at like, there is not Greek or Jew. Yes, we're one in Christ. And now that we're one in Christ, you still look like a Jew. You still look like a Greek. You still have the dialect of a barbarian. You still have the dialect of a Scythian. You still have the holes in your ears of slavery. Like you still, we still look different. We still have different experiences. We still, like it doesn't change. Becoming one in Christ doesn't change your language. It doesn't change the way you, um, your culture. It doesn't change those things. Like you are still those things. And that's something, that diversity is something to be celebrated. Uh, and it's it's 
beautiful. It makes God, I think, what is it he said? He said if when we all became Christians, we all looked and acted and spoke the same, it would make God nothing more than just a tribal deity. But he's not a tribal deity. He is the God of the Jew, of the Greek, of the barbarian, of the Scythian, of the free, of the slave. He is God of all of us. Like that makes God glorious and beautiful. And guys, this is what it, it means to be about racial reconciliation in, in the church. It means a lot of your preferences, a lot of your preferences in music, a lot of your preferences even in style of preaching, you might have to make some, you, okay, let me rephrase that. You will have to make some sacrifices. Um, obviously, there are things that can't be sacrificed, which is the gospel, which is the, the tenets of Orthodox Christianity, which is things like expositional preaching, stuff like that. But your style of music, the style of worship music, that's something you can sacrifice. Um, I mean, so that's that's just we kind of we wanted to do this podcast today just to just to throw some things out there, just to get uh, maybe some some of you listening to this have never really thought about this, um, and, and I can probably a lot of you, especially if you're if you're in America and if you're white. Like, like we are, there's a chance you haven't thought about this. Um, because a lot of times in any culture, America just happens to be um, white as a majority. But in any culture where you're the majority, you don't think about race as much as minorities do. Um, I think I heard, I forget who it was, but a pastor said it's like, it's like when you're right-handed, you don't really think about the fact that you're right-handed a lot. Because everything is made by right-handed people for right-handed people. When you're left-handed, you think about the fact that you're left-handed every time you sit down at a desk, every time you get a pen, every time, you know, everything is built for right-handed people. And when you're the minority, you it's on your mind a lot more. Um, so to say that, if, if you're a majority, you might not have thought about this, and that's why we want to make this podcast, is because we want to start those wheels turning to be thinking through because we believe this is something that is important to God. This is a gospel issue. Um, race is a common, common theme in the New Testament. Um, Jesus seems to make it, um, just for instance, there is, I think, I forget which one of the gospels it is, but in the, in the lineage of Jesus that it gives, um, there's like, Four women mentioned, and all four of those women are Gentile. Are like that's one of the reasons they're mentioned. There are multiple parables where Jesus, like for example, the Good Samaritan, Jesus, it's important to him. He makes the hero of that story a Samaritan, not a Jew, a Samaritan. Um, Paul seems to be a common theme, especially in the Book of Romans, that we are the children of God by faith and not by race. I mean, race. And racial reconciliation um, is a is seems to be <laughs> seems to be important in the New Testament, and because it's important to God, and then it is important to us. So, 
Yeah. I think I just I just wanted to add, I think race is definitely a hot topic button issue right now in politics, but it's just not something that's talked about when it comes to the gospel and churches because I mean growing up until, you know, the last what, like couple of years for me, it's something that it's just that's just the way it was. So I think it's definitely good to get the conversation going and get to get people thinking about it because I'm sure it's not something that's ever thought about. Yeah. And um, so this is what we're going to do in the future. Like I said, we're going to talk about this um, some more. We might not talk about it on the next episode. It might be a few episodes down the road. But we're kind of gathering just some stories. Um, we've got some people that have seen racial reconciliation happen effectively. So we'd like to get their stories out for you to hear. Um, we'd also like to hear from you. You know, is this something that you disagree with? Is this something that you've um, heard before? Is this something that's new to you? Is this something that you disagree with? You know, let us know. You can contact us, sportsandjesus at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, go like us on Facebook. Go follow us on Instagram. Go follow us on Twitter. Uh, audibletrial.com slash sportsandjesus. Go check that out. Get a 30-day free trial. Also, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Please tell your friends to give us a five-star review. Um, thank you for listening. We need a Jesus. Full of grace and full of favor. A sinless sacrifice that God above can truly save us. Lord Jesus Christ, our only chance, our only hope. Eternal life, God, you drowned it, boy. Better grab that rope. Better touch his garment. Better grab his robe. Confess, repent, believe. Before your heart gets cold. Don't trust the world's lies. You got to sever that root. Control, alt, delete, reboot. Now believe the truth. Hit him with the truth. Hit him, hit him with the truth. Hit him, hit him with the truth. Hit him with the truth.